Let us help you discover the keys to success, the keys to success in your internet marketing. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, CertifiedKnowledge.org. Overcome the trials and tribulations of the past and let Marketing Nirvana revolutionize your revenue stream and ROI. Prepare to experience Marketing Nirvana right now. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Marketing Nirvana. I'm your host, Brad Geddes, the founder of Certified Knowledge. We're a marketing training and tool set company. On this show, we investigate various ways in which your marketing efforts can reach a state of nirvana. You can find show notes and other info about our guests on certifiedknowledge.org. Now, overall, the people who listen to this show range from real PPC experts to, to those who manage a lot of channels and have a lot of different things to do. And when we look at people who have a lot to do, they often fall behind on the various things they're managing. And, and this really goes, in this case, to how SEO has been managed the past few years. So when we look at SEO over the years, 10 years ago, five years ago, it wasn't that difficult to understand. It might have been hard to do. But conceptually, it wasn't difficult to grasp, work with an agency, consultant, so forth. And also, you know, outside of the Florida update, which is now a decade old, updates were rarely highly disruptive to a lot of companies at once. And this isn't the case any longer. And over the past few years, the way Google handles updates, do iterations of updates, it's affected a lot of people dramatically. So if you're not practicing SEO every day, you know, keeping all these changes, it's really tough. So what we're going to do on the on this show today and actually on our next show is look at how Google's handled updates the last two years, what you should be thinking about, how your SEO strategies should change. And so this is a, a pretty far-ranging topic. Um, I've elicited two real experts on this subject to talk about this. Uh, the first is someone who's been a guest before, uh, Captain Todd Melcote, also known as Stunt Double. And he's the Market Motive SEO Faculty Chair and Charter Captain at MiamiFishing.com. I've known Todd for a number, number of years. He's great on this subject. And also joining us is one of Todd's good friends, um, another SEO expert, Captain Charlie Ellis, who is the founder of Gallant Fish Internet Marketing. So, hey, thanks, Todd and Charlie, for agreeing to share your insights today. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Good to be back. It is good to have you back. So you know, when, we, when we think of the last three years of updates, um, the, the, where this kind of seemed to start where Google would launch an update and then do iterations, which was not something that happened a lot before, well, it really started with Panda. Can you, can you kind of tell us what the Panda update was um, and, and why Google's made so many iterations from this sort of update? Yeah, so I think 2011 was really the first time where Google said, hey, we're, we're making updates and we're letting everybody know about it and we're going to do it in an iterative fashion like you mentioned. Um, and I think it all, you know, if we look back, the, the first place that I would start looking at updates anyway is at moz.com slash Google algorithm, uh, Google dash algorithm dash change. And that will show you the list of years and times where all these all these events took place and all these little changes took place. Um, and there has been a series of them, and to understand them and decipher them and kind of um, 
understand the, the the updates that influence your site, you need to be able to do that research. And this is really a big repository for that information. Um, so I've I've looked at um, clients and uh, other websites that have had good and bad luck with these results. And a great way to do that is uh, with something called the Penguin tool. And it's a penguin and panda if you put it together. P-A-N-G-U-I-N tool. And you can import some analytics and kind of overlay these timelines and get an idea of what may or may not have influenced you. But the Panda was the first kind of um, time where a lot of large sites were uh, in, in, um, impacted in, in aggregate, I suppose. And it was actually called the Farmer Update by the SEO community. Danny Sullivan said, we're going to name this the Farmer, com- uh, the farmer Update because it uh, targets content farms. So these content tar- or these content farms were targeted with this update, and then there's iterations of it that are influenced by engagement factors. How long someone stays on your site based on the content quality of that page and the relevance to the user and the relevance to the keyword and engine, etc. Uh, so when sites weren't passing this engagement test, uh, their rankings would fall, and, the, and they would fall in mass. So they lose twenty, thirty, eighty percent of traffic, and it was uh, really, you know, it was noticeable, obviously, by masses of people in many different websites. So we had these timelines of of big changes like that that occurred with both Panda and Penguin uh, on pretty mass scales for the first few iterations, and then there's been some other updates, you know, with names that necessarily don't have quite the same impact that these these uh, Panda and Penguin updates have had in the SEO community. Okay, so, so just to check here, Google, are they, are they really looking at the content of your page for user engagement, or are they looking at like bounce back rates to SERP? So are they using a combination of these things? Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely a combination of these things. The, the things that we can measure and the uh, metrics and, and um, signals that Google uses are obviously different, but we understand bounce rate through our analytics, and we understand that somebody spends a set amount of time on our website, and we understand that they take a certain path through a series of pages on our website. And Google understands these same things in, in different and sometimes more complex ways. They understand that someone did a search for a term and went to a web page and immediately came back and clicked on another web page. Well, that tells us that that second web page that they stayed longer on is probably more relevant to that term than the first one they clicked on. And they start using this information uh, in verifying that these sites and these pages should be where they are in the search results. Now, when you when you say bounce rates, one of the, the issues you run into is, is bounce rates really vary by industry. I mean, if you're in e-commerce and someone lands on a category page, you might see 20, 25% bounce rates and that's it. Where if you get into, you know, a quick definition, you might be there for eight seconds and and you got what you're looking for. So does the industry make a big difference in, you know, what is a bounce here? I think uh, bounce rate is definitely industry specific, and I think there's page sets, you know, or, or industry sets where um, certainly paid search a lot of times is more targeted as a channel, um, and certain pages are uh, designed to do different things. So people are going to stay on longer or or less. Um, but 
that's that's kind of specific to the search term as well. Um, and I think they, you know, that Google looks at these in in both ways. They look at it uh, on a keyword level, and they look at on, on on a page and domain level of the relevance to the user's query. And that's where I think all of these these updates started. Really, was with what was called the caffeine update. And the cafe the caffeine update was a structural update um, so that they could process queries as, as quick as they once did and then the hummingbird has take uh, the hummingbird update has taken that a little bit further uh, from a structural perspective and started uh, looking at the language involved um, on the different pages and started looking at uh, more of the engagement type metrics that they've measured uh, through these panda updates and through this iterative process you know the interesting thing about hummingbird was that when you really step back and take a look at it and there was really tremendously knowledgeable article um, by Bill Slosky over at SEO by the Sea is that Hummingbird was essentially presented as a query expansion or a broadening approach, as he put it, which was used to understand these longer natural language queries. And that got into that whole concept of asking questions to a search engine and looking at these very niche responses to long tail queries, which, as we know, constitutes the bulk of search when we really break down the types of language that go into the engine. We tend to look at short tail queries as SEOs and say, this is the phrase that we want to go after because this is where all the volume is. Clients tend to look at that as well and say, if I sell this particular product, I need to rank for that particular product. What they don't always account for are all these other variations that exist. So you've got Google basically looking at all these different factors, you know, and that's something that really stands out. Okay, interesting, interesting. So we're going to come back to the update in just a minute. So let's do this. Let's let's take a break for our sponsors, wrap up Panda real quick, and then we'll move on to the next major one, which is the uh, the Penguin update. More Marketing Nirvana after we thank our sponsors. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Building better search Restart. engine rankings Go takes the right formula. Tracking now. those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. 
Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And so we're back talking with, with Todd Melkota and Charlie Ellis about some of the update history. Now, so from a conceptual standpoint, and I guess even a practitioner standpoint of doing things, Panda Update is, is about good content which is a measure of the actual content on the page and bounce back rates and, and, and some combination of that. Does, does that kind of also go for the additional um, iterations of Panda over the years? Well, I think we both we, – let me – I'll go for the first part, Todd. I know pretty much where you're going with this one. But when we look at Panda as you know, an entity and what it looks for, it's filtering out a lot of that content that is just thin, that doesn't have value to users. And the overall iterations or evolution of Panda was designed to identify content that really did have that value or didn't have that value and sift those search results apart. One of those metrics they used to quantify that was essentially time to long click. You know, that's kind of the internal metric that Google uses to determine search success. There's a lot of knowledge on there about that, but as a whole, you know, Panda was designed to be this proofing mechanism that essentially provided a better quality search result. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so, you know, after, well, I mean, Panda launched, and then Penguin was the next major one, although they've kind of gone back and forth in iterations of updates. So, so I mean, you mentioned Penguin briefly earlier, but what's the, the overall concept uh, of what Penguin was trying to do? Establish bad backlinking profiles. <laughs> enforce that's enforce that's Matt Cutt's law. Absolutely. So this gets into where... SEO shifted a lot. So, you know, for years, right, there was no bad link. And then, okay, there was, there were bad links if they were on, you know, non-relevant sites. And, and then there were bad links if they were run of footers. But, but the bad link, it just, it wasn't counted as much. It wasn't necessarily a, a penalty per se. And, and Penguin shifted the entire industry of how links are built to where we, we disavow links now. So if you're trying to – and you still got to build links, right? I mean that's still part of SEO. How do you look at links these days? I mean how has that kind of changed from your two perspectives over the years? I think so my link. favorite part with Penguin or the over-optimization penalty was when Google made the announcement. It was April 24, 2012. They made that announcement on the Inside Search blog. And they called it another step to reward high-quality sites. So in very, in very Google fashion, when you kind of read between the lines there, um, basically they were saying, we're going to get rid of anybody who doesn't meet these quality parameters in the overall link profile of the site. They were calling out spammers, people who were building large concentrations of exact match anchor text, and basically deconstructing these mechanisms that drove keyword rankings. So I mean it... The Penguin update evolved to be much more scrutinous on a lot of these factors, but overall it started as a way to basically penalize and get these lower quality sites as they deemed it, or people who very aggressively optimized 
out of the way to let the out let the normal algorithm kind of naturalize over time. What do you think, Todd? Uh, I think people got carried alo- carried away with links and SEO, and kind of for good reason. And the the pe- uh, penguin penalties and penguin filters were kind of a response to the the culture of SEO going so link heavy, and that that culture was developed uh, from the influence that links had. Links were so powerful in the Google algorithm for the first eight to ten years that it. it was worth it to try aggressive tactics. And I think people did that with anchor text and with run-of-site text and with not really understanding the different types of links, but rather just trying to manipulate Google with, with all types of links. And, and, and Google looked at that, and Matt Cutts looked at that and said, you know, uh, I'm going to let people do this for a couple of years, and then we're going to release something where they can't do that ever again. And if Panda was outsourcing the decision of engagement to the user... Penguin was kind of outsourcing the decision to uh, the webmaster spam team and to webmasters with with disavow with links that actually are bad and um, can hurt you, and and that could be you know the forum type spam, it could be the paid blog links, it could be the advertorials, all of these types of uh, efforts that SEOs were putting in to linking that were kind of in that gray area. Google said, hey, we're not going to let you do this anymore. Um, and and they've really uh, cracked down with that. With um, but the the good news is now they're they're communicating with webmasters more than ever through webmasters tools and saying, hey, you do have a penalty. Uh, there is something you can do. Here's some steps you can take to disavow. And um, if 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 it wasn't you, if it was a company that did link building for you, um, and they did a poor job and you didn't understand at the time, you can disavow that and you can make a case for that. So. Um, it's it's good and bad, and in a way, with all these changes, there's much more communication. Uh, but Penguin is very heavily uh, heavily link influenced, and Panda has traditionally been uh, engagement and on page influenced. Yeah. So from from you know, as someone who doesn't do SEO every day, what I found is what about Penguin is that it almost forced sites to have an SEO. Where before, if you had good content and you know you knew how to use social and maybe you're just you know buying TV, you you could rank. And, and all of a sudden, you could never have hired an SEO in your life before, and you've got penalties. So in a, in a way, Penguin actually was good for the SEO community because people who didn't have them before then had to go get them. Um, but so when you think of, of building links now, how what's your thought process? I mean, you don't just say, hey, that's a good link. I mean, maybe you do because you know what you're thinking about here. But from a, a third-party perspective, how do you go about building links knowing that there could be problems with the links you build? So one of the best practices, you know, and this is something that tends to get preached rather heavily in the white hat community of the SEO industry, you know, is that you want to build content and you want to build resources that serve as linkable assets. So rather than thinking or maintaining a mentality of, I need to go get this, I need to go buy this, it's shifting to determine how do I build something that will act as a magnet? How do I develop an entity or some form of resource that resonates with a target community that is likely to link to me? And you have to think about how links are traditionally earned, how they're given. It's either a blogger writing about something or Maybe you donated to a charity and they're endorsing your organization. These citations or these votes for your website have to be earned and not so much acquired. And that's really the shift that Google wanted you to develop. They're not against you getting links. They're against you going out and buying and 
massively acquiring links that are blatantly designed to do something. They want the web to evolve naturally. So if you produce content that is incredibly valuable, if you produce a linkable asset, that will ultimately compound your efforts and help you to naturally build the authority you need to improve your overall organic visibility. So this, I mean, this almost sounds like to do this right, I need to hire not an SEO, but a PR person, right? Because that's, that's essentially what, what Google's trying to do, right? Get back to PR in, almost in a sense. And that, you know, it's a good point because when you look at what PR is, the most successful entities in PR, the most successful PR strategies were media relations, which is outreach. But the advantage of having an SEO on your team to be able to do this type of outreach is they can quantify the value of the target they're looking at. They can say, hey, what are the authority metrics associated with this site? Is it relevant? And then find ways to communicate effectively a very much a media relations approach with that location where you want to earn the link in the first place. So SEOs have had to evolve. You can't just go out and buy links. You can't just go out and you know, follow these practices that will ultimately get you in trouble, like acquiring heavy concentrations of exact match anchor text. You have to think much more creatively about building relationships and earning these links over time. So one part PR, but very much two parts SEO when it boils down to it. So let's do this. Let's take a, a quick break for our sponsors. Then we're going to talk a few minutes on how social layers with this, because when you talk PR, social kind of seems to be a, a natural fit to this extension. So let's take a break real quick and then come back and talk about social. More Marketing Nirvana after we thank our sponsors. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Paywin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash Webmaster Radio now. Shipping Nirvana. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're back talking with, with Todd and Charlie, our, our two captains, about 
SEO, and really link building. And so Google has many, many times stated flat out and publicly they don't use social signals for ranking purposes. I mean, this is something they put in black and white. Yet every year when you see correlation studies, there is a heavy correlation between social shares and ranking. So does social help your SEO? Is it an ancillary effect? Um, how does this go? I, I think, Brad, uh, social is, is an SEO, is a SEO tool. It's a function of uh, acquiring more organic traffic in much the same way that uh, email and distribution through different sites and message boards and forums uh, was the way to get links in the past. Social is the distribution channel for that now. And social's also made it more difficult to get links and mentions because those mentions occur on social on social media sites and not necessarily on the um, on the individual sites or individual blogs that that used to um, exist. Uh, so the the P, Charlie mentioned PR and you mentioned PR as a as a SEO strategy and how SEO and PR work together and it's transitioning to uh, media relations and and targeting the the high end sites. It sounds like you know what SEOs tried to do with guest posting only they like most things SEOs get a hold of a tactic and abuse that tactic to the point where it's a five dollar service on on Elance or um, you know Odesk, uh, but so media relations is is finding those same guest posts, being able to write an article uh, on a high end site about a high end topic with a lot of authority, um, and it, that's always been important. That's why there's this shift towards the idea of content marketing or growth hacking or these different terms uh, that kind of encapsulate public relations and writing articles and outreach and all these things into one role. So I think we saw that with you know social media consultants and uh, social media personnel that there wasn't a lot of direct return on that more so than SEO has been difficult to quantify and Google certainly hasn't done us any favors with adding not provided to that list. Um, whereas PPC, we can measure every last dime towards every last keyword. Um, we can only see general visibility on a page level for general search now for, for organic traffic. And as a channel, it's still very high, uh, certainly compared to social in most every, uh, on most every site and business site that I, I look at. Um, organic search still really trumps social in terms of a channel, not just for raw impressions, but for end goals, for real indicators of performance and real uh, business goals. Um, so I think it's 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 more and more important to uh, be aware of multiple disciplines and be able to do content content creation and outreach as a function of SEO in addition to the technical type audits that that we often do with with SEO. Um, and and you certainly have to be able to bridge bridge those gaps between uh, the different kind of functions of your business and uh, and and measure them with uh, new and creative uh, creative methods. Now that we have these new and challenging problems. Okay, so let's say that my goal was SEO rankings, right? And I know I need social, but but so when I think of of the, the heyday of Dig, right? I wanted to be page one of Dig, not for the Dig traffic because it was crap traffic. But because I knew that I would get great links from being page one of Dig. So on social, are you saying we should use social as content amplification for, for social as its own traffic end goal? Or because people are going to see it and then link to us via their blog and other natural places? Or, or is it some combination in, in the middle? 
Yeah, just the same way that we we used Dig several years ago. I think it's a distribution channel to it's a platform for potentially acquiring those links. Just because you made the homepage of Dig way back when, it didn't mean you would get links out of that unless you had the right type of content. If you had that linkable asset that Char- Charlie mentioned earlier, um, and that was what people saw when it was on the homepage of Dig, rather than a piece of news or some type of temporal content, um, you're going to attract much more. Uh, high quality authoritative links and quantity of links uh, to that really resourceful um, uh, guide or piece rather than the, than the temporal content. So I think it's, it's a distribution channel. Social is a distribution channel. And a lot of the focus on organic has been in cleaning up these, these poor, um, poor link profiles. It's more technical in terms of knowing the types of links that are going to hurt you. And as you mentioned, you can incur a penalty having not known anything about your SEO or maybe your SEO person was in Webmaster Tools and the CEO and and the rest of the marketing team has never even seen that Google Webmaster Tools and there's a partial match penalty sitting in there uh, really doing detriment. So a lot of the the efforts are in cleanup and playing by the rules on the link front um, and social has kind of intensified uh, how difficult it is to get those high quality mentions and links because you really do have to ask for them and you really do have to earn them um, and nobody's uh, nobody's nobody wants to sell links anymore and and certainly no one wants to run the risk of buying links anymore so you really have to be um, diligent and mindful in in your SEO strategies and still aware that that links are will always be part of the equation and that there's uh, correlation certainly between social signals, but uh, a lot of times it's that it's correlation and not causation. That that background link graph has always been a very huge piece of how Google measures authority and relevance in individual websites. No, the, the, the last bit. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, Charlie. We can get to that next show. I, I, yep. I wanna, we're almost out of time, and I want to add one more piece here about sure. Panda Penguin. So you can get penalties now. Which you could always get penalties. But one of the issues we, we see these days is that it used to be if you had a penalty for something and you cleaned it up, you would see a fix. And you know it could be the next day. It could be a couple of weeks. But they don't run these fixes every day, right? Like wasn't one of these just run for the first time in like a year? Isn't that one of the issues people run into now is they fix things, but they don't actually see the results in any kind of reasonable time frame? I think there are longer and longer time frames for for multiple penalties and more and more severe penalties so there's I think there's levels of severity to penalties filters and we we once said outright bannings you know when a page or when a site was just banned from the index completely or versus a page and a partial match penalty or just a smaller type filter where it's not even a, a manual intervention. So there is a, a distinction between manual intervention, which is a lot, ti- a lot of times more severe, especially with a penguin-type manual penalty, and just these kind of filters that they've put in place, these iterative filters uh, that, that don't have quite the uh, intense impact that those manual penalties can. If you get those manual penalties, it can really be bad news, and you'll sometimes see those coming from uh, some of the the filters and rank and watching drops and ranks and drops in um, just organic uh, organic traffic visibility. So you have to be aware of those things to know if you have a penalty and to just kind of be on the on uh, on the outlook for problems that you may need to fix. Excellent, excellent. Hey, we're almost out of time, but thank you uh, to so much for for joining us again in this. In our next show, we're going to actually continue this conversation into some of this and and the hummingbird and pigeon update. 
if someone wants to go find more about you online, Charlie, where should they go find you? I would Google Miami Fishing Charters. That's probably the best way to find me. But no, honestly, um, my website is probably the best way to get in touch and also learn more about kind of my background in computer science and all that stuff. But uh, gallantfish.com and anywhere beyond that, you can track me down. And Todd? About the same. I'd say fish. search for Miami Fishing Todd and then see what you can find. No. Um, stuntdouble.com, S-T-U-N-T-D-U-B-L.com. Uh, or marketmotive.com uh, would both be great places to check. Excellent. Thank you for, for being on the show. Thank and, you. And thank you, listeners, for joining us for another episode of Market Nirvana. As a reminder, show notes and other information about our guests can be found on certifiedknowledge.org. New episodes can be found on Mondays at noon Eastern at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find the archives or past episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Stitcher, iTunes, the WebS Radio iPhone app, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and pretty much everywhere you listen to shows these days. Thank you for listening. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.